reading is taken from the letter from Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. And it can be found on page 1175 of the Bibles in front of you. 1175. As a prisoner of for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love we will, in all things, grow up into him who is the head, uh, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading today comes from Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 5. This can be found on page 1056 in the Church Bibles. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. 
But Jesus says, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will, come, will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witness to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning and praise the Lord. Could be better. Praise the Lord. That is better. My name is Sam. I come from a state called Kerala in South India. Have you heard of Kerala? Anybody? Been to Kerala? Yes. It seems my uh, doctors told my parents that uh, they wouldn't have any children. So they prayed and uh, sometimes they fasted, they prayed for 10 years. And I was born as a miraculous baby 10 years since their marriage and that's why they called me Sam after Samuel in the Bible. God has a sense of humor and he gave me two more sisters. I speak um, Malayalam, that's my first language. I can speak that very well without any hesitation or problem. Hindi is my second language. And uh, this weird language, English, is my third language. Um, and I hope you would follow me this morning. You may wonder how I ended up here this morning. Um, I met Mike and Neil uh, in March, early this year. And I happened to be in the New Wine Leaders Conference in Hammersmith, where they happened to be there. Um, so on that day, Mike invited me to be here. Uh, even though he moved, moved on from here, he said, don't worry, the church would still welcome you. <laughs> yes, the church did. Neil, thank you very much for 
the invitation um, i spoke god's word this morning and for me it's a humble privilege experience to be here this morning so far so good i teach at all nations um, where we have 29 nations represented this year and if you are thinking of mission training uh, you're welcome to come to all nations we don't really teach bible and theology just for the sake of cognitive knowledge but if you want to have a very holistic transformative training uh, ministry and mission in cross cultural setting please don't go anywhere all nations is the best place for holistic mission training so brings greetings to you from all nations christian college i have been serving there for the last 17 years i thought i would serve there for 2 years and the college said no please don't go 3 more years so 5 years i am still there 17 years and some people ask are you moving on i said if you want me to i will move on um so i'm going to speak from the ephesian passage this morning not the lucan passage ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16 the theme for today is together so i have three things to share with you this this morning and first of all the six first six verses of chapter 4 talks about unity in the body of christ unity paul is giving us a metaphor here that church is the body of christ he does that elsewhere in the in, in the scripture especially romans 12 and first corinthians 12 and when i read this passage what came to my mind was the 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 biological metaphor of reflex arc have you heard of that phrase reflex arc yes doctors and nurses uh, here reflex arc say for example if your if your finger is burned when you cook or when you walk barefoot that uh, a needle is stuck under your sole what do you do if you if your finger is burned you just oh my finger you be burned in the in the fire no we just pull the finger and that takes place within a fraction of a second yeah so how does that happen because the the message is given through the nerve to the to the brain and the brain gives a kind of response it is called the stimulus and response so when that that burning stimulus is applied then there is a response and that is to pull up to pull the finger otherwise the finger will be burnt so that is unity uh, in uh, in india we have this saying sometimes when you chew your food you your teeth will bite your tongue i don't know whether you had that experience yes the teeth unknowingly not knowingly unknowingly bite your tongue 
and people say in india that's because the biryani is very very tasty <laughs> you will never go to the neighbor and say oh my teeth is very very problematic because it always bites my tongue you don't go and gossip around it or you won't go to the dentist and say this my teeth are full of problems so i want to take them out you won't Paul is giving such an imagery here we all are different we all have different functions but for the body to function we need to work together and doing what god has given us in terms of gifts to which i will come to in a minute so paul is talking about unity so let's look to verse 1 paul says I beseech you in some translations I urge you to walk a walk meaning live a life worthy of our call Ephesians chapter 1 to 3 where chapters 1 2 and 3 deal with doctrine or theology Some people say oh I haven't I haven't gone to Bible college so I don't know what theology is it's very simple Theology means what God has done for us in Christ Jesus and that is this what is this that's theology now you learn theology what God has done for us in Christ Jesus theology so that's chapters 1 2 and 3 he redeemed us blessed us chose us forgiven us forgive us adopted us all those stuff gave us grace but when we come to chapter 4 it turns from theology to ethics that means in response to god's grace we need to do something and that is what what we call ethics so in every book of paul you see two things the first part is called theology or doctrine the second part is ethics some people are very good in theology or doctorate some people are not good in ethics paul is bringing the two together it's like two sides of a coin what we believe we need to put it into practice you see that pattern in romans romans chapter 1 to 11 what god has done for us in christ jesus and therefore chapter 12 therefore i beseech you my brethren to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy pleasing and acceptable unto god so it should go together we need to put things into practice so let's look at verse 1 i am still in my introduction verse 1 i beseech you i urge you to walk a walk worthy of your call and that terminology worthy meaning being straight being straight to have the equilibrium it is an imagery taken from a balance you put a weight on one hand on the one side of the balance and on the other side you put equal product of salt or sugar or whatever 
in olden days not nowadays nowadays everything is put in a packet weighed and everything but in olden days you go to the supermarket you ask for 1 kilogram of sugar they put 1 kilo weight there and then equal amount of sugar on the other side and you look at the needle the needle will tell whether it is of of equal weight paul is using such a terminology meaning what you preach what you believe you put it into practice walk worthily means live a life based on what you believe from god's word he mentions various things in verse 2 we see walking in unity and to have unity we need to have five ingredients or five components humility gentleness patience bearing with one another and love each one needs to be explained but i'm afraid i don't have the time to go into all these five things five essentials for christian unity we need to ask a question paul you are writing this to ephesians do you have these qualities it's always easy for the preachers to point finger oh you repent you oh lord you repent and nowadays the people sitting in front of us are very very clever they would ask the question do you have and if you ask paul acts chapter 20 when he called the ephesian leaders and spoke a sermon at miletus in chapter 20 verse 19 acts 2019 he says i was among you and i was i carried out my ministry with great humility so he is reminding the ephesian believers what he actually was he says in verse 3 we are back in ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit by the bond of peace making every effort simply means to make to take pains to take pains to keep the unity and we know from the scripture it is the holy spirit that gives unity but for us it is our responsibility to maintain it It's very interesting when you read the scripture especially John 17 17 is called the high priestly prayer of Jesus where Jesus is praying for the disciples he is also praying for the world he is also praying for the future believers there he says father i pray that they may be one as you and i are one and i wonder why there is a prayer for unity if god himself could make everything the whole creation by a word he created the universe by saying let there be and there was i never see in the scripture god the father agonizing over creation to make the world into being he never agonized he said uttered a word 
And then you see, let there be light, there was light. And here in the scripture you see, the Son of God is agonizing just before he is going to the cross. Father, I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. It is a difficult thing, my brothers and sisters, to have unity. It's very, impo very important. I know you are going through transition. You're looking for a minister. And it takes a long time. We need unity and we need patience. Sometimes the PCC may not agree. They need unity. To see the body of Christ being built up, that's the most important thing. Love, humility, unity, gentleness, and bearing with one another. Paul says, take every effort, make every effort means painstaking effort. That's what the translation is. He talks about one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Paul also prayed a prayer in chapter 3. If you look at chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, you might have looked at that last week. He says that you must be rooted and established in love. There are two metaphors that Paul uses. One is rooted, which is a botanical imagery, and established, which is an architectural imagery, meaning firmly founded. That means we must be rooted and established in love, meaning we must be rooted and established in that foundation or in that soil. In order for the plant to stand firm, plant needs soil. In order for the building to stand firm, the building needs foundation. Paul is saying, for us to stand together, we need enough soil and foundation, and that is love. I just want to ask a question. Do we have enough soil this morning? Otherwise, when the wind blows, we will be uprooted and fallen away. So he prays for love. So that is unity. Second, verse 17 to 7 to 13, maturity. In that section we see Paul is describing the diversity of gifts and services. He says in verse 7, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then verse 11 he says, So Christ himself gave apostles, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, meaning perfect, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He gave grace to people and he also gave special people to the church. Five types of ministries or offices. Five different types of people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
you may have different versions in front of you but i would like to bring this to you for your own reflection it depends where you put the punctuation in translation therefore kjv and niv are entirely different in this verse i don't know whether you have noticed the difference or not but for you to reflect this is what kjv says king james version he that is christ he gave apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ that means all these people they all do three things number 1 they perfect or prepare the saints number 2 they do the work of ministry and they themselves edify the body of christ so the apostles the prophets the evangelists pastors and preachers they do all these things by themselves and that's what kjv says but look at niv niv says he gave all these things to prepare god's people for works of service so that the body of christ may be built up so all these five people what they do they prepare god's people so that the god's people will go and edify the whole church and outside are you with me yes everybody so that means according to the niv all these are given five offices are given to prepare the church members so all these people they prepare the church members so that the church members do the work of the ministry meaning everybody is involved in the ministry of the church hello hello in a church i say this in a church if you have 100 people 80% of the people 80 people are spectators 20% do the ministry they make up of cup of tea or coffee do the sunday school all the things that you you name but 80% people come they warm up the pew and then they go that's not what scripture says especially you being in transition as a church everybody needs to pull the weight if you want your church to grow in unity in love everybody needs to work together so that the body of christ may be built up it is not the work of 20% people to carry on the ministry of the church hello that's what god's word says whether you like it or not that's what the scripture says so that the ministry of the apostles pastors preachers evangelists they equip the members of the church that means everybody is built up together and we all grow together to the stature and measure of the fullness of christ the pleroma of christ if you use kjv church or the ministers are autocratic that means they they do one man show that means they start the choir they preach they do the communion they do the sweeping they do the cup of tea they do the sunday school 
That's not. It is equipping the body of Christ. And you need to ask Paul, Paul, where are you at? at are you a team? Where are you a team player? Was you a team player? Or are you, did you have a one-man show? Look at the people who worked with him. Timothy, Titus, Aristarchus, Aquila, Priscilla, Phoebe. All these people worked together to build the body of Christ. And that's what church should be, brothers and sisters. Everybody needs to do their part so that we all grow together. So there won't be any jealousy or envy in the service. This is service, not circus. Ministry is what? Diaconia. Some people say, I want to be a deacon. What does that mean? I want to serve. But some people are deacons, they want the title, but they don't serve. Jesus was a deacon. He said, you call me teacher and Lord. Yes, I am. But you, but you think I am? Yes, I am. If I, your teacher and Lord, have washed, washed your feet, you must also wash one another's feet. That is diaconia. Servanthood. Ministry is service. Ministry is servanthood. Ministry is not a title, but it is doing the ministry, the service. For what? Building up the body of Christ. I just want to explain that word. I know time is going very fast. No time is going very fast. Time is going as it is, as it is going, but <laughs> I am going very fast. To build up. What does that mean? That is the word used for repairing fishing nets. Or it's a physiotherapy terminology when a bone is dislocated. You put it back to the original place. And that's the word used there. To build up the body of Christ means to complete the body of Christ, to restore the body of Christ, to equip the saints. All these officers are important. So that the body of Christ may be built up, that is the building imagery. Coming to the last, and that is verses 14 through 16. So we looked at unity, secondly, maturity, and thirdly, purity in the church. Paul says, verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Paul uses three imageries to explain what purity means. Number one, he uses the word infants or children. That means children don't have any discernment. If you give them a balloon or a candy or something very attractive, they will come after you. They will jump up and down and they will do all what they would like to do because they are very much attracted to you. Paul is using the children imagery here, immaturity of infants. Be mature in your Christian life. Don't be like infants showing individualistic, instable attitude. The second imagery is a boat imagery, a ship imagery blown by the winds. That means out of control on a wild sea. And that is the imagery there. Thirdly, 
cunning and craftiness of people is like a magical art sorcery witchcraft it's a magician terminology there that means you can be deceived by the tricks and craftiness of heretics in believing what is impossible actually he warned the efficient leaders at miletus in acts chapter 20 many years ago he said after i have gone the savage wolves will come from among you and will lead the flock astray therefore careful i have been with you for 3 years i have been serving you in tears with tears make sure that you keep purity in your church so we need to be careful of what we hear and how we live our life there are so many things going on especially in terms of heresies we need to keep away from that and finally verse 15 paul says we need to speak the truth in love and that's very important brothers and sisters the holy spirit that we receive is called the spirit of truth and if you believe that you have the spirit you speak the truth some people say no problem we can have some white light no coffee is white or black but i don't know whether lie lie is a lie whether it is yellow black orange or white we need to speak the truth in love and for the purpose of building building itself up in love we need to bear with one another and finally paul says we grow together christ is the sphere in which we grow and the goal is christ himself we grow together and that is the goal and finally the source of growth is christ christ is the sphere christ is the goal and christ is the source let's pray father we thank you for your word this morning help us lord to love your word to live out your word give us unity in our families and in our church that we will walk humbly and we will maintain unity help us o lord to grow together in maturity counting others better than ourselves we pray that there would be love shared amongst everyone and by your holy spirit help us o lord to live a life that would bring glory to you a life of purity and holiness in in our life and in all what we believe bless this church o lord bless the leadership bless every child every adult lord i pray that this church would continue to blossom and that this will be a lighthouse for so many people around in jesus precious name amen